Blog Talk Radio. Beautiful country out there. Um, 
you know, you, you guys are lucky to be to be out there on the eastern seaboard. That the humidity is a little something to get used to, but besides that, it's great. And I've checked out the website, and your university looks very nice. The the the, the campus looks pretty. Um, okay, well, you know, I guess we're going to launch right into uh, the the meat and potatoes of the program. And so the first question that I have, and this is a list of questions I've been kind of asking everyone, um, a kind of level playing field type of thing is, and and maybe uh, we'll we'll go, Kyle, you could answer first, and if you want to add something, uh, Dr. Silverberg, you can go after. But um, wh- what is, uh, what's your educational philosophy? Uh, I, I can tell you in the time I've spent at universities uh, in, in teaching and, and working with students, uh, my philosophy has always been to expose them to absolutely as much as possible, uh, especially undergrads, to say, here's here's what's going on, whether it's research, it's operations, whatever discipline it is, let, let's see how much we can throw at them. And I, and I, when I had the opportunity to come over here and work with the, uh, the aerospace engineering program, um, I was delighted to know that's actually NC State's philosophy, so I'd actually let uh, Dr. Silverberg talk more about uh, kind of some of the plans and how the, how the university works. So, um, you know, just for those viewers who don't know NC State, NC State has about 35,000 students, so we're a pretty big school. We have the fourth largest uh, engineering program in the U.S., so lots of students. NC State has kind of a a hands-on culture, so what that means is a lot of labs, a lot of literally uh, hands-on labs, um, a lot of interaction with the students, open-door policies. Students get a lot of help, um, so kind of from an educational point of view, it's um, uh, students tend to like that. Um, so I think you know from an educa- from an educational point of view, what is our philosophy? Just to to give the students the fundamentals um, and to work with them as close as we can on all of that. Hmm. Well, and that's good. I like the hands-on uh, approach. I definitely think uh, as we move forward. Uh, people are going to have to probably put together their their own one-off systems or buy systems and modify them for like certain niche applications. So that's probably good. And then you know this is kind of a, a follow-up question to that. And uh, some of this ground has been covered, but I'm going to hit the question anyway. Um, how is your school different uh, from or differ from other schools? And, and I know that you, you kind of touched on that, Dr. Silverberg, but maybe we could uh, expand on that a little bit more. Yeah, uh, I, I can explain a little bit. So um, hand, hand, what hands-on actually means as it pertains to the UAV would be the aerospace students, for example, are getting a year-long senior design experience where they're building UAVs. So mm-hmm. we've been building UAVs at, in aerospace engineering since 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, they were... Uh, we're actually moving from more RC, actually, uh, uh, really, it was really more RC vehicles, and now we're moving toward autonomous vehicles. Um, so, you know, that's that would be an example of where, um, you know, where our school is a little bit a little bit different. Also, I don't know what other schools you've uh, talked to, but NC State's what we call a Research One University. So, the faculty that are in the classroom are the faculty who are doing research in these areas. So. Students are being taught by faculty who work in composites, electronics, different kinds of areas that pertain to UAV. So it's a little bit of a different education in that in that regard. 
Well, that's interesting. Um, okay, well, and two questions kind of came out of that one for me. Um, do you have your own design philosophy? I mean, are you guys uh, are you, are you picking a mission, or are you saying, okay, well, we're picking a class as far as you know size of of unmanned aircraft? I mean, there's there's different ways that people go about sure. this, and, and one of them say, so we well, have, you know, sure. well, go ahead. So, so we have uh, in the year long senior design, we have actually an aero senior design and a mechanical senior design. In the aero senior design, yes, we pick a mission, requirements, and they change from year to year. And in the aero senior design, the students will break up into teams. A team is composed of about eight students. The, uh, they'll go through all of the designs, uh, paper design in the, in the fall semester, and then they build and test and fly in the spring semester. Um, and every, like I said, every single year, you know, it's different. So we might have one year where it's a vertical takeoff, a vertical takeoff, or we might have another year where it's uh, uh, where we um, have to land in water, or something like that. So yeah. every single year, you're going to have a unique set of requirements that the students have to respond to. And are those modules built around, uh, you know, like a scientific mission or a business case, or it varies, or? Well, the. Um, uh, we have, uh, so for example, in our senior design on the mechanical side, everything is sponsored by, is corporate sponsored. And uh, so every single one of those projects will be, uh, um, you know, will respond to some particular need that the company has. Uh, okay. Well, it's just kind of, you know, I mean, and, and the reason I ask that question is there's there's a couple of different philosophies. You know, one of them is uh, I'm out here and I'm, uh, you know, we provide the pickup truck. We're a the pickup truck and you bring whatever your, you know, payload is or whatever and we fly that around. And, you know, and that's one design philosophy. Uh, I, I'm more of the school of thought and I'm not saying that you have to, like, drill it down to the laser beam. But, uh, you know, pick a mission and let's design something to fulfill that mission and maybe some ancillary missions, but that's why I brought that up. Now the other question that came out. Oh, of your, your your point is, you know, you really are starting from scratch, and you're going through a, a basic process from scratch and kind of narrowing it down. So you come up with all sorts of scenarios, and you kind of go from the most. You do start from scratch, and then you kind of narrow it all down, and then you get to uh, competing designs, and you argue about them all. And eventually, <laughs> lead to a design. Then you go through a detailed design, and that's all in the fall semester. Then in the spring semester, you're building testing, flying, and if you want to graduate, it better fly. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Uh, and uh, the other question that came out of that is, uh, are you guys building your own autopilots, or are you using someone else's autopilot and writing code, or uh, we, it just we're, very... We're used, uh, lately, we've been using the Piccolos, and then, you know, a little bit of code to go with it. Okay. As is then, um, okay. And... Um, and I like to ask this question because this this also varies by um, institution. Uh, what does uh, your school consider for admissions? And and this again is you know I'd, I'd like to focus it towards the uh, prospective student, if you could. Well, sure. Uh, so, you know, NC State in Raleigh, North Carolina, it's the biggest engineering program in the state, and so we attract, uh, you know, the students who want to go into engineering. They tend to, um, if their grades are good enough and they have about a, I think the average is a, close to a 4.0 GPA, then they get into NC State. Uh, 
we, um, we have a little bit of a problem in this state in that we don't really have, um, our school is not big enough for the needs. So it's, I think the requirements are a little higher than they should be. Um, uh, let's see. Um, we admit, uh, we actually um, will admit about 5,000 students um, in, we'll, we'll admit 5,000 students into engineering every year, of which around half, around 2,500, will actually come. Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a, a lot of people. So you got to have you know the high SATs and good GPA, and uh, you guys aren't horsing around uh, over there as far as uh, the admissions process is is going. Um, and that's fine. Um, let me see. Uh, what what type of uh, graduate do you hope to generate? Uh, uh, through this program, what what's you know? I guess what's the well, philosophy? It's real simple. We want students who we want students for whom our employers are as satisfied as possible. I mean, that's the name of the game. We want employer satisfaction. And NC State, among Research One universities, is fourth in the U.S. in employer satisfaction. <clears throat> okay, well that's good because that's another uh, question that I had later on down the road and maybe we'll just we'll we'll hit that right now since you kind of touched on it um you know do you do you give the the students any help with job placement or is there a career center or and I'm, can I assume that the, the 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 bigger manufacturers use you guys as a resource for 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 a pool of uh prospective employees or yeah we have a so you know uh, in, again, you know, NC State, pretty big school, 35,000 students. So we have job fairs. We have uh, students can go and, and, and meet with, um, uh, there's a group of folks that will help them with the job with the job opportunities. But actually a lot of the folks will come to NC State for the job fairs. It's amazing how many people are out there in the job fairs. Yeah. Um, bigger than a lot of conferences. And, uh, yeah. and as we're building up the... Uh some of the resources and services that I'm trying to offer now through the uh, through the NGAT Center. Uh, we're also going to be forming relationships with the uh, with the UAS industry, uh, the manufacturers, the service organizations, and uh, they're providing uh, internships and uh, and connections through that is then uh, is then why we're, I'm tied so tightly with the uh, with the aerospace group here too. And, and also, I should add, relating to jobs is about close to a third of our students do co-op. That means that they're spending, instead of four years for on an engineering degree, it's about five years, and they're, you know, one year of that is at a company. All right. Well, that's uh, well. Is that um, kind of like a, a paid internship type of thing that, that last year? Yeah, a co-op is kind of like paid internship, but structured so that it's a whole year, and it's okay. like one semester on, one semester off, that kind of thing. Well, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, yeah, moving into the future as far as jobs is concerned, I mean, uh, it seems that a lot of these uh, contracting uh, companies that are springing up are constantly asking, hey, you know, we need we need deployers. And um, I'm, I'm just interested, are, are you hearing from any of these contracting firms that are looking for people to deploy and uh, fly, let's say, in uh, Afghanistan or Africa or anywhere else? You, you seeing any of that? Uh, I hear on a weekly basis of somebody saying, "I need an analyst. I need an operator. 
that understands how to fly a, a small UAS up to a big one, that understands how to look at full motion imagery, <laughs> knows how to look at uh, what does IR data mean, uh, and then people also on the, on the other side saying, so if we go and build a service, uh, what kind of students do you have that might be able to do X, whether it's uh, integration, is it maintenance, uh, and that's really kind of where we're, we're trying to get to. Is I, I, future I see for this industry is uh, is either well-rounded engineers that uh, that know how to do that can go bend bend metal like a traditional mechanical engineering can, but also understands computer science. In fact, they can do sensor integration, uh, electronics. They also know how to do the the analyst role. Because if you've got the person that's say flying an agriculture mission, how how do they know how to look at the data and give that give that report the result to the farmer? Why did he fly it? Okay, this is why I flew it. This is the information I got. Here, let me package it in a way that you understand it. Right. So, well, really and working, I, you asked me about you know uh, really about NC State and I and the subject here today. I guess you know we're talking about NC State, but we really have a a network of universities around the state who do a wonderful job supporting all of this activity. And so uh, NC State is really uh, is a big engineering school, but we have a lot of smaller programs all along the state that support us um, and uh, who can offer a lot of unique things that we can't offer. Yeah, I noticed that yeah, it kind of uh, spiders out, and there's, there's some other resources there. Um, well, I didn't want to get too far into the weeds, but I, I do want, uh, again, the prospective uh, students to know what they're looking at as far as the on-ramp to this business. And uh, you guys kind of answered that and, and, and what's going on in the future. And one other question I, I had for Kyle, and you're at the, the NGET Center there. Are you guys doing anything with uh, ADSB? you doing any testing out there? Uh, are, are we right now? No. Uh, we have done two ADSB uh, demonstrations back in 2008, uh, so clearly before I got here. But I am actively looking at how we can uh, integrate ADSB into our UAS operations uh, program. Uh, we're looking at establishing uh, a, a training site, a test site over on the coast. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking at how we can get access to uh, some ADSB boxes to put on our UAVs so we can do the uh, safe integration and, and, and see how those all work together as, as one of our research. Uh, one other question. Uh, how far are you guys from Kitty Hawk? Uh, about three and a half hours, give or take. Uh, <laughs> Might be a little bit of a drive. Okay. Well, I was just curious. It's, it's kind of, you know, you're on the cutting edge here of, of, of unmanned aviation and Kitty Hawk is kind of down the road. Oh, you're right, and that's why, uh, like, like Dr. Silverberg was saying, why we work with uh, some of our other institutions across the state. The, uh, the, the range space we're looking at is over in uh, Hyde County, North Carolina, over on the coast, about an hour away from Kitty Hawk. Mm -hmm. Working with City State, uh, as you know, out there in Elizabeth City, is only about uh, 45 minutes from Kitty Hawk. They mm -hmm. uh, our operational program, so that's where our pilots and our air traffic control training is happening here. Uh, through the NGAT Center, we actually have access to all that uh, all the resources that our other state institutions offer. So when we're talking about working with uh, with new students, both undergraduates and graduate students, uh, we've got the opportunity here to say we've got research uh, that we're being done either in the classroom and with the departments or over in the NGAT Center, uh, and that allows 
mixture with our other universities and our other university resources too, so uh, other students and uh, and equipment. Well, I just like that proximity of the new and the old. You know, um, it was <laughs> there's the burst of aviation over here, now we have the the burst of the new um, uh, aviation. So that's that's kind of a cool thing. Um, and I, I do like that. <laughs> yeah, you should be. You know, that should be. That would be a, a great. Uh, the two pictures, the B and W, and then the um, the new picture today. Um, and, and and I guess that kind of like you know uh, segues right into the next question. You know, what types uh, of students have you attracted, or what are you know? Are they coming to you, and what are they saying? Are these people falling into it? And oh, hey, I didn't know this was here, and this is great. Or do you have? Uh, I notice there's a lot of passionate people here in in this field, and they're like, I I, I want to get in here, and I want to learn this, and I want to be in this industry. What what types of students are you guys attracting? Well, you know, in the, in the aerospace area, that's exactly what happens. These these students are just nuts for getting involved in this kind of stuff. And I, the newest trend is really more and more students before they start college getting involved in uh, just building their own RC airplanes and things like that. So we're seeing a lot of these hobbyists pop up. And that's going to be real important for the industry, uh, involved early on and getting that kind of experience. It's a great thing that kids can do with their parents. And um, so we're seeing that kind of enthusiasm now. Yeah. When I was at MTSU, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can bring some of the same luck over here, um, the more we're out talking about this, the more uh, we're pointing people towards the big conferences like AUVSI's Unmanned Systems North America, as we're hosting local events, whether that's uh, flight demonstrations or, or, or just knowledge exchanges, um, there's so much potential in this industry for just about any person with any kind of interest, whether it's whether it is engineering, is it computer science, is it uh, operational, this analyst role, is it a business development business major that's interested in and just thinks airplanes are cool, um, which we all do, of course. Um, <laughs> Those are the kind of students I've had I've had luck recruiting into these programs before. So, um, very rarely do I find somebody that uh, that doesn't think this is just a, a growing field or, or has some interest here. Oh, and I'd agree with that. I mean, even uh, you know, I took my niece. She's a student at UCLA, and she's a poli sci. And I took her to the the last chapter meeting out there, my Silicon Valley chapter, and uh, she's she's adjusting her uh, major to be more, let's say, technical. I just, I never knew any of this was out here. Nobody ever, I, this is great. She, you know, I'm like, and so even in, in her field, you know, their technology and the laws and uh, policy and uh, the rest of it. So it, it does overlay onto a lot of different majors and I, and an, the exposure as the, the the younger kids get exposed to this, I even mentor over at the high school. I got college kids coming back, and they're just like, "Oh, this is great!" And you know, we got the flying things, and we got the underwater, and we got the ground vehicles, and we got you know, and they're uh, soaking it up like sponges. They didn't even realize it was all out there, and they're loving it. So I, I agree with you. Very passionate about this technology. My thing is. And I keep beating this drum as I want to. I want to see these kids be able to monetize robotics and unmanned technologies. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm hitting that drum, and I want to do that. And you guys are helping there. And, and uh, one, yeah. one of the things I've seen that's been that's uh, kind of interesting is the growth of the high school robotics programs, like First and Best, and some of those. I've spoken mm -hmm. at the first conference or the first competition before, 
And uh, I've actually told those students uh, that I'm jealous of what they've got. And they're like, Stop, you play with these things all the time. I'm like, yeah, but if I'd have had them in high school, imagine where we'd be today. Uh, the, the encouraging piece of all that is I've got a three-year-old at home, so where he's going to be when he's in high school and the toys we're going to have to play with are even uh, is even more encouraging. So that's, that's kind of how we're trying to get it out there. And the message I, is the same message you're sharing. It's uh, how are we going to take these things forward? How are we going to put them in every classroom, uh, in everybody's house, and actually make it useful? So there, there's still technology to be developed, and there's still rules to be developed. Yeah, I think some of the exciting parts of this is we don't really know all the applications, right? So we oh, can imagine. Things, but, oh, my gosh, there's going to be so many things are going to pop up from this that, uh, you know, no telling. I, I agree with that. I, uh, you know, I talk to people all the time, you know, and I've been at this for a while, and they go, you know, oh, I, hey, I got this idea for this, you know, and I want to do this, and I'm like, all right, you know, sounds good. I never thought of that one. So I get that all the time, and I do think, you know, when the regulations finally hit, that's when this will uh, kind of mushroom, and people will go, oh, well, I could do this with it. And I'm really looking forward. I have to say, I'm really looking forward to that day when this technology can be applied to help us live better lives. And and I and I and I, I keep telling people, I even think that this technology is more transformative than the green technology. May not broadcast to as many people off the bat. But there are so many uh, applications for this, especially in the agriculture and private and public asset management and fishing. And you know, I, I could go on for 20 minutes. I don't want to. I want to stay on track, so I'm going to come back to it. But um, one other question I did have for you: a lot of these guys uh, I have noticed are here, there, and everywhere. Do you guys offer any uh, online education? Do you see that coming in the future, or is it is it more of a traditional curriculum you're going to stick with? Well, um, we're we probably at NC State will probably be sticking mostly to the traditional curriculum, I would say. But uh, we do have uh, a large distance ed program. Um, but uh, the uh, a lot of the schools in the state are going to be offering lots of distance ed educa educational programs, certificate programs, all sorts of things like that. So I think we're going to see a growth. To um, to respond to some of these needs, uh, we already have a. Uh, this is not the the main group of people, but at the graduate level, we already offer most distance edit classes in engineering in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So hundreds of hundreds of classes, but that doesn't really respond to this. Actually, I think what here you're talking about a a, a different group of people. So, mm -hmm. uh, and we don't really have a lot of plans on that. And um, it really is all going to – we have the infrastructure, and a lot of the schools have the infrastructure. It really just depends on the demand. So as more groups of people mobilize and create certificate programs around the state, we're going to be working on a lot of that. Um, I, I think we'll be able to develop uh, more distance ed programs to reach these, uh, these groups of people. Right. And that's, that's one of our big challenges as we're – trying to address this industry and look and see where the growth is going to be, how, how do we fit the needs here and, and how, how wide this, this spectrum really is. We're working tightly with the, uh, the Center for Earth Observation here that's looking at starting a, a certificate program for geospatial intelligence. Mm -hmm. How does that align with, with the program here for aerospace engineering? Um, 
working with some of our universities and, and community colleges down around Fayetteville, uh, how can we support the returning soldier now that's coming back with 2,000 hours of flight time um, in a shadow or a MQ-9? What do we do with him? How do we get him a degree in UAS that, uh, that fits his interest and in where, the, where the future industry is going? So we're looking to say how much of that can we put online, how much of that can we distribute across our other universities, uh, how can we tailor these programs to, to fit that emerging need? There seems to be a lot of conversation about this, people requesting it around the state. Um, so I, I think it's kind of at a conversation stage right now, so I think we're going to be seeing more of it, but it's um, still early. Well, I definitely think, you know, you get a lot of guys that are sitting out there in Afghanistan, uh, ex-military, GI Bill, I want to stay in this field. I really find it uh, compelling and interesting. Uh, they have skill sets, you know, we're talking about the, the intel part of that. Uh, they have skill sets. They've they've been watching the full motion video. They've been watching the common operator's picture. They had a geo-referenced photos, um, recognized threat behaviors, you know, on and on. Anyway, uh, you know, this compelling conversation, but we are almost out of time, which and it's funny how fast it goes. And I was wondering if um, you guys would like to give the website address where people could come and look at uh, what you offer. Uh, sure. Uh, the website for for NC State is just www.ncsu.edu. So, you know, for North Carolina State University, www.ncsu.edu would be the website for NC State. And, and um, we're mechanical and aerospace engineering, so in mechanical aerospace engineering, it's www.mae.ncsu.edu. But uh, really, I'd, I'd recommend folks who are interested in uh, NC State just to go to the NC State website and then have some fun navigating. I'd agree with that. Okay, well, gentlemen, we're out of time. Thank you very much for being on. Good luck. Godspeed. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Patrick. Take care.